The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast, back for our fifth season. You didn't really think we'd leave, did you? I'm Tim, and I've taken the armband for the 20... Have I? Well, because that's what the script says. I'm also joined by Jared, who by that would mean that you've been demoted to vice-captain, Jared. I'm just trying to give you a chance of winning host of the season, to be honest. Incidentally, actually, Jared, that reminds me. I've got um, access to the Yellow Block email account, and we had an email the other day saying that our free trial with Twitterbot has expired, um, and did we want to take advantage of... uh, of an offer is that anything to do with you or no I, I can't comment no comment now i thought so fair enough we've also got uh, matthew kisby good evening we've also got a couple of new sign-ins uh, we've got nathan who debuted on the uh, green room last week hello nathan hi all right yes good thank you and we've got a massive sign-in fresh from the radio sam <laughs> edwards welcome to the team oh, i don't know about that but thanks guys lovely to be here they weren't championship players because because we we got relegated. If they Absolutely. were championship quality players, we would not have got relegated. And you have to factor in the fact it's that not as straightforward as that is it? No. Well, yes, it is. That's the whole point, isn't it? It is as straightforward as that because that's how football works, Jared. You, if you're shit, you get relegated. If you're good, you go up. And it annoys me when people say, well, "Yeah, well, we had championship quality players. Well, why didn't we stay up then?" Boys, let's just can- let's cancel the podcast because that is the analysis we need. There is no, we don't need to talk about football anymore. If you shit, you go down. If you're good, you go up. Let's turn the light out and go home. No more analysis needed. We're done. It's like what I say about good strikers. You hit it hard enough towards the goal. It's one. It's a. It's very much a Kisbyism. That is. Um, we've talked a little bit about JCH there, Jared. There's been some Championship clubs sniffing around him, and of course, this summer we've made him club captain. Uh, do you think that was uh, a uh, an attempt to keep him at the club? Yeah, I think. I think it's a genius stroke. I think he's he's a brilliant player, um, and again. He is a championship quality player. He's shown that at the back end of last season. Again, like Sam said, maybe a confidence player as well. Wasn't fit at the start of the season. If he if he had been along with Marriott, I don't think we'd be in this division. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a good idea. I think he'll thrive on the responsibility as well. Um, it, I think he's been a bit of a late bloomer, uh, Clark Harris, in, when it comes to maybe maturity and you know as a developing as a, as a man. Um, but he seems to be there now, and I think he'll have his best season yet. I just I want to see him and Marriott in the same eleven, but with a four three three, we're probably going to see Marriott benched. 
It's interesting, isn't it? There's almost like too many jigsaw pieces to, uh, to to fit the puzzle now. I know you and I both thought that JTH would be gone this summer, so it's, it's massive the fact that he's he's stayed. With the um, the ins and the outs that we've got then, just a yes or a no, if this is the squad that we've got between now and next Saturday, Matthew Kisby, are you happy with the summer? Just a yes or a no? Yes. Nathan? Sorry. Absolutely, yes. Sam? Yes. And Jared? Yes. Five yeses. Congratulations. You're through to the next round, Darren McCantony and co. That's a fantastic summer. I want you to tell me where you think Peterborough United are going to finish in League One this season. Sam Edwards, you're up first. Fourth. Interesting. Nathan, you pulled a face there. My heart says first. My head says second, if I'm honest. Okay, still top two. Okay, Kisby. Yeah, I, I just we never seem to win it, so I'm, I'm gonna sort of go second. I think it's fair, Kisby. I think you need a lot of luck to win it, especially this season. Um, I'd like to think we would finish second, third, possibly. Um, I'll go for third, Jared. I think second. Interesting. Now, you know me, I'm always the pessimist. I'm always a glass half empty. So in this situation, I'd normally be, well, I'd be mid-table. We genuinely have got every opportunity at a top two uh, finish. I, I agree, if I'm more, if I'm honest, I'm more inclined to agree with Sam. I think playoffs is more realistic at the moment, just looking at the moves that other teams around us have made. But two, top two is absolutely within reach. If I'm to go for a position... I don't really want to copy Sam, so I'll go fifth. There we go. I'll sit just below. That's my slightly pessimistic view, but still within the playoffs. Um, I guess the question is, would we be happy with playoffs with this squad? I think we should be aiming for top two without. I know that we are. I don't want to do a Kisby say the fucking obvious, but um, yeah, playoffs you're always happy with. But no, for me, um, let's go for top two. Yeah, I think I'm just like you, Tim. I'm just going on on a sort of a lower level of what I think is possible. I think if you compare this squad to the last squad of two years ago when Posh finished second, um, then yeah, you've got to you've got to hope for automatic promotion. It's 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 as strong, really, isn't it? A, a lot of them are the same. Um okay, you've not got Beavers, but you've got Edwards in good form. Um obviously Fuchs has come in. Thompson's a good solid player at this level. So you know, I, I've not watched it this season, but the famous Love Island quote on paper. Um, on, on paper, we, we we have every chance of being top two. And yeah, love that to be the case. But um, I'm just saying fourth to buy myself a bit of emotional wiggle room. Top note, I'm keen to, um, before we, we kind of touch and break down those last few fixtures, get your kind of overview of the summer because it's the first time that we've spoken um, since the since the relegation, so I know you and I share pretty similar pessimistic views on on the world when it comes to posh. Are you happy with the summer that we've had? Yeah, I think it's hard not to be. I think most of us expected to lose Ronnie Edwards and and possibly even Clark Harris coming into the summer. So to still have both of those with us is is a great bonus. Um, yeah, we lose Sammy Smullux, and and that's going to be a big loss in in a lot of regards, but. All in all, the squad looks good. The signings we've made look great. Bergstrom looks like one of the best keepers we've had at Posh for 20, 30 years. So you can't be upset with that. And if we go up, there's every possibility that we get him on a a renewed loan for the following season as well. So, yeah, we we look strong. There's issues defensively, but it's Peterborough United. There's always going to be issues defensively. Um, But, yeah, we we look fantastic. And I'm excited to see where we are come the end of the month because that's when we'll know. 
put this out to the listeners. So we asked on Twitter, it's that time again. We're back in the virtual studio this Sunday, of which we are. Uh, where will P3 United finish? 21% of those who voted think we are going to win the league, which is actually lower than I expected based on the feeling uh, on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. 22% thought we would finish second. 46% think we will finish in the playoffs. And 11% are Cambridge and Wickham fans who think we're going to finish outside the playoffs. Um, so playoffs seems to be the the sort of nearly half the votes there. Um, in terms of where they think, where the fan base thinks we'll we'll, we'll finish. I thought first half, we we just didn't really get going, did we? And probably deserved to be a couple of goals down, as as it turned out to be. And then obviously, the Rockets gone in at half-time and, um, you know, we've come out of it with with a really, really good win. Um, And I think it's, it's, you know, great for simply for the fact that we've shown that we can come back from a couple of goals down. You know, the man- mentality is there. I think, you know, to win your opening opening game is is really, really important. Kisby was incredibly negative. It says on their script, actually, did Matt, <laughs> did Matt Kisby write off the season at half-time? Yes is the answer. This <laughs> you know team what? is it's not going to be good enough. We're not going to go up. League two, no. league two. Do you know what? I'd written off our keeper before he even... Oh, he even he's, a thought, he's a child! He's a child! He's a child that's been oh stretched! God. That's all It's going to be awful, awful. i tell you what, that first half was the worst I've seen us play, and I'm including last season in the Championship. For, for many a season, we were that awful in the first half. We were... And, and they played us off the park. We were so bad so bad and our defense looked woeful woeful in that first half going back to the lineup i know me and you kisby we it looked a bit disjointed before they even got out didn't it with um, i think knight was at right back and um, obviously yeah we was playing more you know with wingers obviously jay jones on the wing as well which i'm, I'm a big fan of i think he, he'll come good there but it was just very frustrating that you know we didn't get jack marriott and clark harris into the lineup and i think it you know Absolute madness not to play Marriott. The best, probably the best technical striker in League One, leaving him on the bench. What sort of strategy is that? My my, my thoughts on it was very much that. I'm a massive fan of Jack Marriott and I think, you know, we we have to have them two play in. And when he did come on, obviously the game changed, didn't it? It was Mm. obviously him and and JCH got the goals and didn't quite realise until you look back at the stats that it was pretty much 50-50 in terms of possession, which showed you just how effective Posh were with the ball and, um, you know, just cutting Lincoln open and 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 finishing as well. I know one was a penalty, but, you know, Marriott's first was a sublime finish. And his, you know, let's not underestimate his second, Posh's fourth as well, you know, so much time to potentially overthink it and then just slots it calmly through the legs of the keeper. So, um you know, I think it's if Marriott can stay fit, you know, it's quite frightening for other teams in League One, seeing Clark Harris and Jack Marriott, who both have sort of, you know, one goal every two game ratio for them in posh colours, um, you know, which includes for both of them a season in the championship. Shows you how just blisteringly good they are at, at League One level and now supported by Ward as well. Um, but yeah, it was just absolutely brilliant from posh and um you know, there's there's some teams up there now starting to to make some real moves. Portsmouth, Ipswich, um, obviously Ipswich top. Portsmouth uh, scoring a hatful like Posh as well already this season. So, um, yeah, just a just a great great result, great 
performance in terms of boosting the confidence going into obviously you know, Stevenage in the cup first, but two really good quality games now in Derby and Portsmouth both the way. Yeah, really good summary that Sam. Perfect summary. You should get into radio with with a summary. <laughs> like that. Uh, it was no because you, you I wrote a, a point down which you've you've pretty much covered there, which was Lincoln. I don't think were actually that bad. When you beat a team four 0 it it normally means that one of the teams is dreadful. But I, I think Lincoln were okay. But like you said, we just had that ability to take it up a gear in comparison to Lincoln. I don't think it was necessarily that they were really poor. It was just that I thought Posh were really, really good. Um, it's the best that I've seen us play at home for a long, long, long time. The ability to move the ball quickly. And the second phase throughout the game, that there was only one team in it with that. It was just sensational. And you, you mentioned Ward's, uh, JCH and Marriott there and I think we've talked before about the the holy trinity you mentioned on I think it was on Twitter yesterday about the three J's that we've got now with with Johnson <laughs> yeah rubbish, head, rubbish headline wasn't it but I had to do something with the J's and there you go well I think it's a I think you could be onto something because that has the potential to be holy trinity version 2.0 doesn't it I mean it really does Ward there, is there just that was a coming that was a better headline straight away. <laughs> Holy Trinity 2.0. It, yeah, I mean, Ward is is becoming an absolute machine. We know that Johnson at this level is a bit of a cheat code. And Marriott, if he keeps fit, is he knows where the net is consistently. So those three between them, it's no surprise to us. We knew that it was they had potential. But what they showed against Lincoln was just sheer class, the three of them. But irrespective of whether we look back and see that as, you know, a red card or not, at the end of the season, as you quite rightly say, Sam, we'll look back and see that Peterborough United beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 on a Tuesday. And that is a massive three points, particularly following the performance the Saturday prior against Green Army, which was uh, very much out of keeping, Dan, with what we've seen so far this season. It's like you said earlier, they, they took our key players out of the game and, and bullied us. I, I think you'd be forgiven for thinking it was a little bit of a gimme, just based on on the, the sort of drop-off they had towards the end of last season in, in terms of you know where they were Christmas before they lost the manager. We're going to have games like that. It's, it's you know, really tough ground to go to. We never travel amazingly well in terms of either fan base or or general turning up on the day. So to do a, a five six hour round trip um, each way, sorry, um, and and you know put in that kind of performance was not at all surprising to me. So we're going to see it again. It's welcome back to League One, I think. I know we're only five games in, so it's wrong to look at the league table. But you mentioned earlier, uh, quite rightly so, that the, the teams that are up there now in that top six are probably the teams that you would maybe expect. Um, top six at the moment is uh, Ipswich, Posh, Portsmouth, Wednesday, Plymouth and Charlton. Uh, Dan, any surprise in those six? Do you think it's fair to say that they'll probably be sort of the, the half a dozen or so up there, maybe with perhaps one or two changes? It's the usual suspects, really, at this point, isn't it? I th- you know, you make a good point. Five games in, it's it's not really a good assessment of where the league's at. You know, who's going to be on top? Who's who's struggling? You know, what signings are going to be a flop? There's too many variables at this point in the season to be making an assessment. But you know, we've got big games coming up. We've got Derby. We've got Portsmouth in, in you know both in a matter of weeks. So I think personally, my point of view is that we would have a good assessment of where we are 
come you know towards the end of this month middle of next month you know if, if we're still top two I, that's where I'd expect us to finish if we're sort of dripping down into the the playoffs then I think we're in for a rough year we're not far enough into the season to be able to tell whether we're going to be able to to dominate us against certain people as as Kisby has alluded to and and you know struggle against others we need to relatively quickly get a grip of what we aim to do in our tactics get an identity about the way that we play because we can't just rely on one player in Joe Ward you know we've seen clearly in the last four games that you know when we haven't got somebody like Joe Ward either on the pitch or turning up when he is on the pitch we struggle and so until we decide how we want and need to play we don't know where we're at you know I think we're lucky to be where we are based on the performances you know we had a, an early warning side at the start of the season you know when we went 2-0 down in the first half and we managed to claw it back and everyone seemed to sort of you know forget about how poorly we played in that first half based on that second half performance which would be fine if it didn't then happen again and again and again you know we were talking last last time out with uh with Sam and saying that you know two points would be nice from these two games Pompey and Derby we've taken nothing and quite frankly, I think the performances were very poor. I don't think we played well against Pompey. We played appallingly against Derby at times. You know, the tactics were completely wrong. We had Harrison Burrows completely free on the left side every chance he got. And nobody was playing the ball to him. And we were relying on Ward, who, quite frankly, Derby took out of the game for the majority of it. And his defending was atrocious. He was the reason we conceded that second goal, because he just let the pressure come on the right side and gave away the corner. Derby, Derby and Portsmouth are going to be one of the two better sides in this league, and we were close to both. We we, we nearly beat Derby with, with 10 men. There's no two ways about that. We were two minutes literally, well, in the 88th minute they scored, so sort of two minutes of normal time away from beating them with 10 men at their place. I think we are a good, strong team. I think you're, you're right in saying when Ward plays well, our team plays well. And I do agree with that. And and when he plays badly, we tend to play badly. And you can't rely on one player. That is very true. Um, but I think you're doing a slight disservice. I think we're as strong as the strongest in this league. On Saturday, we were, there was 18,000 people there. These are big places for a team like Peterborough United to go. When they come to us, there won't be 18,000, will there, at London Road? There'll be nine, if that. So... It's a, an achievement to, I think, match a team like Portsmouth at Portsmouth. And we did match him, I thought. And like I say, on a different day, a draw would have been a fair result. I think we are a strong team and I think we've got strengths. And I think our one weakness is perhaps our defence. I'm fairly confident in what I've seen so far that we will be there or thereabouts. So at the start of the season, I said we'll finish fourth. And I've seen nothing to suggest that that's not a fairly realistic prediction at the moment that's looking like it could well be true there was some criticism levied at Grant McCann after the Derby game about some of the substitutions and probably quite rightly so Um, and there was a little bit as well after the Portsmouth game there was certainly some after the Plymouth game swapping things around for seemingly no reason Um, do we think that Grant needs to take a little bit of the slack that's coming his way at the moment in terms of his game management and the way that he's setting the team out yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm struggling to sort of place too much blame on him just because, you know, he, he's got to work with the players that he's got and he doesn't know who he's got until the end of the window. You know, we've got players that are sought after. We've got players that had a very good chance of leaving us during the window. You know, you look at Ward, you look at Edwards. So, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm fine with the way that he's he's experimenting, I guess, is, is the word. 
I, I'd rather redo it now than you know get to halfway through a season and think mm, these tactics aren't really working the way I want them to, and then start you know, experimenting in January when we can't really afford it. We can afford it now because other teams are dropping points as well for the most part. You know, you know, bear in mind that Ipswich have won God what six out of seven or something. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with the way that we're playing majoritively. It's just individual errors from individual players with the mentality of last year, which is, oh, we've got a goal. Uh, we need to sit back and just defend him for our lives and, and not daring to go forward. I don't think that's on the manager. I think that's the mentality that we've taken from last year, being battered every game. So, yeah, I think it's fair to call out his tactics, fair to call out his, his substitutions, but this is going to happen for a, another couple of games yet and people need to be patient. And just to bring up the substitutions in the Derby game, one thing I will say is how the hell did he not take off Thompson at halftime? He was fouling left, right and centre in that first half. He looked completely out of his depth. He needed to go off at halftime when he was on that yellow. And it was only a matter of time before he was going to get the second one. Having said that, the second yellow was very soft and I think the Derby player probably dived. But... You know, it, it was bound to happen. They were going to target him because he was completely out of his depth and Ward was giving him nothing on that right side in terms of support. That's my piece. I was listening to um, Darren McCantney's Hard Truth podcast in the week. He made reference a couple of times to kind of being on his own a little bit with the football club and, uh, you know, working away, almost isolated. And it made me think... Is everything okay with a hierarchy with um, Stuart and, and Jason? It just it put that thought in my head um, because he's never really said anything like that since the uh, since the ownership's been a trio. Um, I don't know what you lot think about that. There's a possibility that might be happening. I don't listen to it, so I don't know. But um, we've got Dr. Jason Neal on the next pod, so you will have the opportunity to ask him direct, Jared, should you wish to. Is everything all right at home, Dr. Jason, is what you should say. I don't know. It's interesting. I tried not to really listen to Dara too much because most of what he talks is irritates me. Uh, I wonder if maybe you're reading too much into that. But having not heard it, it would be wrong of me to comment on it directly. No, quite possibly. But it was just, it put the thought in my head. Jared picked up on a comment that Dara made on uh, his podcast a couple of weeks ago, and this could very much be Jared putting two and two together to make five. Dara seemed to to make reference to going alone, um, and uh, he sort of seemed to make reference to feeling quite isolated. And again, this is Jared's take on this. Um, is there any change in the relationship? Are you, are you still working together successfully as a, as a trio at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's certainly no change at this point. Um, I, I, there's barely a day that goes by without some message or, or um, telephone call or WhatsApp message um, between us. So, You know, I've been calling for, for Dara to go for, for a couple of years now, and there's no point in me echoing what I've already said before. I think we made a mistake in the summer. We come out of the summer saying that we'd really nailed recruitment. In hindsight, I don't think we did. I think the the players that we bought in aren't good enough and I think we've made a mistake. And ultimately, again, for I think it's probably the fourth season in a row I've been saying this on the yellow block, that falls at Dara's door. And we did hit a glass ceiling with Dara years ago and it's time that he steps aside. Look at the last couple of months, Sammy Smuddix, where's that money gone? It's not come back into the squad. I know you get all this about debts and people reading the annual accounts and we've got all these debts to manage. Well, why have we got these debts? Where have they come from? 
why have they been mismanaged in the first place when we've been had this business model that's been so so profitable Dara you've been fantastic for this club and you've given us some real highs but we've reached that point where we can't go any further I'm pretty certain um, only because Jason came down to my studio in a gold star taxi once that they're probably not billionaires and you know, they have to make it pay. You have to pay the bills. And you, from their point of view, they're thinking, well, we've invested, we've bought the thing. We, we, we're entitled to make money out of it. And they are entitled to make money, of course. And like I say, I think to be fair to the owners, they do care about the club. I think that is, it's, it would be unfair of us to say they don't, because I think they actually do. But they're mindful of the money side of it as well. And, and perhaps that's even a good thing. Eight hours later. The new the new owners, new in inverted commas, have been with us for five years. And and where has the progress been in five years? And it's probably a little bit harsh of me to sit here and say, well, there hasn't been a lot of progress. But the reality is on the pitch, there's been zero progress. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Substitutes this season has been bizarre, I think. Really, really bizarre at times. And certainly, he didn't start, going back to the first game of the season, didn't start Marriott, did he? he? to me, Marriott has got to be starting, got to be starting every single game. Because if he doesn't, who are you replacing him with? Who have we got that's better? And and we just haven't. So he's got to be playing. And over the season, we, we will do quite well. I still maintain this. But already, I think we've lost the chance of winning this league or finishing second. Not that I thought we would, because there's good signs yeah. in it. But yeah. I think... I think it's got to go down to it's, the buck stops with the manager, doesn't it? Really, I think so. Interesting to say about the top two because um, at the time of recording, we are nine points away from the top two already. Um, it kind of feels like the season's getting away. By contrast, we're just four points off the relegation zone. Off the pitch uh, this week, fellas, a, a lot. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, let's start with uh, the CEO debacle, which seems to have uh, disappeared behind Dara's podcast, uh, Nathan. What on earth is happening here? So we just, something came out online. Uh, the socials put out a statement saying that we were being charged by the FA for <clears throat> reaching some schedule, some regulation somewhere. And there's not really any clarity on, not mm. a great English, Tim. There's not really any clarity, I should say, on, on exactly what's happened. Yeah, it seems very, very odd that it all went sort of very, very hush-hush and sort of we didn't really hear too much about it. And it seems like, obviously, the, the current CEO is is on gardening leave and, and we've kind of got an interim. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange situation. And obviously, we, we you know, as 
sort of general fans don't really, you know, we're not privy to too much information. It does, it does sound sus, doesn't it? I know when we had yeah. Jason on, he said that the CEO was off um, for personal reasons because mm. that was the excuse that we got from the top. But it all seems a little bit weird, yeah. a bit unnerving. I mean, it's like Nathan says, you don't know what's going on, do you? It it seems when anything like this happens and all the reasons come out, don't they, about why he's not there. And you 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 automatically think the worst, don't you? You automatically think there's some dodgy dealing that's going on in the background. It might just be something as simple as some paperwork hasn't put been put in in time or it might be a little bit more serious because of the nature of the person himself you don't know do you really because we had this issue with the ceo um and then lots of murmurings of course that we touched on on the last pod about the owners falling out and then suddenly out of nowhere dara plans this big podcast with some of the fans including some of his bigger critics on social media and seemingly takes the heat out of the situation and pours it all onto him now that's of course a very cynical pessimistic way of looking at it but i believe this has been manufactured perfectly by dara but we do need to talk about this podcast that dara's put out uh, lots has come out of there uh, none of it is new. Dara said he's leaving. The difference, I think, this time, um, and I'll, I'll throw this at you, Nathan, is he's, he talks as though he's actually got some definitive plan mm. to leave in the summer now, whereas he's never really done that before. Uh, do, do you think he is going come the summer? I must admit this one feels different. You know, you used to take a lot of what he says with a pinch of salt, but it seems like maybe in his, his older age, he's getting a little bit more, more honest, maybe. Um, yeah, from from listening to it, I did think that that seems like a genuine statement that he, he is going to pack it in. And, it, you know, as Kisby said, it can't be easy being an owner um, with the amount of stick that our fans give him at times. You know, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, especially not his, his sort of politics. But I think when it comes to an owner, we could have done a hell of a lot worse. You know, we could be in a Derby situation. You know, we could have been in a Berry situation. You know, that's the other side of the coin. And ultimately, while Dara has his his issues, you know, he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He has been a very good owner for us. And he's been, you know, one of our most successful owners, if not the most success, successful owner that we've had. Um, so I'm sort of... I'm loath to to be delighted that he may well be going because um, I, I don't think it's it's a good situation if he does. But it does seem, from what I I can gather from that podcast, that yeah, he means it this time. I just hope that the club have got an idea of where they want to go with it afterwards. I'm I'm hoping that there's a succession plan already in place, if not being put in place in the minute, because it's it's sort of a worrying situation, I guess, when your main sort of stakeholder kind of you know puts a statement out like that. Yeah, absolutely. If we were on the stock market, we would have uh, we would have crashed this mm. week, wouldn't we? All right, let's talk football. I suppose that's you know that's what we're here for, isn't it? Um, a lot happening off the pitch, but it's all turned good, right? On the pitch. Uh, just firstly, one thing to point out about the MK Don's uh, game. Somebody needs to tell them that we're not playing behind closed doors anymore. Interesting game, though, Nathan. This uh, went from being probably the most comfortable, dull, boring game to watch to being well the most posh game to watch yeah it, it seemed like you know we were just strolling to victory really um and then you know two minutes of madness and you know two goals go in and, and you think oh this is typical old posh um, but I think if if you take those two minutes out of it I think it was just an incredibly dominant display really um and it kind of shows what I think Grant's trying to do and you know it is against a reasonably good MK side I know obviously you know yesterday didn't really show that but they're definitely better than than what they showed yesterday. So yeah, I think it was a really really good performance. It's great that you know the front three got got goals. To be honest, I think that's that's a really important you know key point there, especially Poku as well. 
I'm just delighted for Ricky from from a point of view of he gets so much stick as well. And again, because he's a youth product, we've seen it with Leo, we've seen it with other players. And I just think it's really, really good that that he started putting in a string of good performances and actually our fans can see, yeah, this this is a quality player that can actually, you know, really affect us. Um and I think the move out to the left wing has suited him. I've always said I think he's more of a winger than he is a striker. He sort of reminds me of Rashford. I think he's got that kind of, you know, that searing pace and, and now he's adding an end product as well. So yeah, I was I was really delighted with the performance and, and as I said, just you know, if we ignore those those two minutes and put that down to sort of the changes that we made mm-hmm. and, and the change of system, then I think you're looking at a really good performance and, and one that we can take into quite a busy period coming up. Yeah, granting his his post match interview Nathan was focusing on those two minutes he's you know <laughs> perfectionist and I think because it because it was such a frustrating few moments and I think looking back at the well to be faked it at the time we as much as we've praised Bergstrom he, we do have to criticize him uh certainly for the first goal his positioning was awful and I think for the second goal he came when he didn't need to um which you know left him in a position where he could be lobbed it, it is what it is ultimately those two minutes we, we always looked like um we were going to win that game irrespective of those those last couple of minutes where we're at now, Sam, we, we 46 games we've got to play in this, this league. We've played 15, fourth. We are, what, we 10 off the top, uh, three away from uh, dropping out the playoffs. Teams around us have got games in hand. Do, do you see what I mean in terms of it doesn't feel like we should be in fourth on merit? Is that fair? Yeah, I I, I agree. I think it's... It's, it's weird to think that we're fourth. I mean, again, on the preview show, we are saying that we think Posh are a stronger team in a stronger league. And... You know, we went, what was it, four games in a row losing, um, not picking up any points. And I know that's why the the gap now is the likes of Plymouth and Ipswich is is what it is. We have played more, haven't we, than than a lot of the teams below us. So there is that chance to be to be you know overtaken and, and drop out of the top six, top seven. But I think you know the football cliche goes, you'd rather have the points on the board. So you know we've recovered well since then. With the, with, with the victories that we've had against Port Vale and MK Dons and Forest Green and at the weekend as well. It's just those, yeah, the, you know, those games where we've led and we've not held on and we, you know, it could have been so much better and that's the frustrating thing. Um, but yeah, I, you know, to be sitting here towards the end of October and feeling like Posh haven't really hit top form, probably only been in third year, I think we'd say, and, and they're fourth, then that's really encouraging. Um and maybe not the position we thought we would be in a few weeks ago when we were thinking about the Cambridgeshire derby coming up. So it's really turned around for both Posh and the youth heading into that one as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's certainly good to be sitting forth and, and, and thinking there's more still to come. I think you're right. It's those. It's when we are winning, it doesn't feel... It's not convincing, is it? I think that's probably why. It's those performances that just aren't quite there. Third gear is probably a really good, a really good description of it because it's just not... It's just not clicking got a pre-season yeah. feel about it all at the minute it's like you, you don't know there's no consistency in the lineup there's no consistency in the way that we play um the only consistent thing at the minute seems to be that jack marriott can't get on the pitch but other than that oh that was a little puppy dog face you just did there jared like oh you, you're like you're like down with ronnie edwards you've got a man crush on him i love the man like I say league one level i said it about ivan tony about the cheat code thing and i think he's got that level about him yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. Maybe once upon a time. I don't think he's the player that he used to be, but yeah, maybe. But we, we can arm wrestle over that at some point. Uh, Sam, 
you've been doing some uh, some digging around the figures, particularly around um, substitutions and, and how we're doing towards the end of the game in comparison to other teams in the league. It probably comes nicely in terms of us talking about the fact that it feels like it's a bit disjointed and we haven't clicked and yet we're still fourth because obviously there's a massive gap, as you said, between home and away form. We've had some blistering home performances and then some, some terrible ones away. And I was just doing a bit of... Uh, you know, a bit of a look up on some of the stats beforehand. And there are only, it's only Posh and Lincoln in League One who haven't scored in the final 15 minutes of games oh, this wow. season. Lincoln have conceded twice. Posh have conceded six times. So we're comfortably the worst team in the final 15 minutes of games in terms of goal difference and, you know, the, the points that that then equates to. And in fact, it's only Crawley and Rochdale are the other two teams in the in the football league at this stage now of the season who haven't scored in the final 15 minutes. So not great company there. Um, although Lincoln have had some good results recently, haven't they? Ipswich and, and Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and then the uh, the other one was that um, in terms of conceding away from home, Posh 15, only Forest Green and Burton have conceded more away. Interestingly, Plymouth have actually conceded 14 away, but they've scored 17. So, you know, they're banging them in at the other end, as we saw with the 2-2 draw against Bristol Rovers. Um, and then the other the other one was just about Johnson Clark-Harris because he made his 100th league appearance for Posh the other weekend. And I think it's 51 or 52 goals in those 100, which when you consider there was a season in the championship where we got relegated, it's, you know, pretty good return from Clark Harris. And, and, you know, maybe that's the reason why League One's top scorer is always going to get you a number of points, no matter how many you concede away and how bad you are in the final 15 minutes. It was uh, it was a fantastic atmosphere. I mean, the game the game didn't really live up to the to what was going on around it, but in some ways that didn't really matter. Um, Kisby, you've already mentioned about the fact that you had to uh, go through the war zone to get to the game, and Sam's mentioned about the the atmosphere there. In the in all the time that I've been going to watch Posh, that was that was up there. Uh, it was unique. We've had derbies at London Road before, of course we have, but I've never been to anything quite like that. It just felt different it was a good day atmosphere wise yeah I think uh, you have to remember we haven't played a proper local derby in in the league against Cambridge for 20 odd years so a lot of people if you're under probably 30 you've never seen uh, a local derby like that so it's always going to be a little bit special it was as far as I know a sellout Um, London Road was sort of full so yeah there was a, a, a good atmosphere um, it was an enjoyable game. I thought, to be honest with you, there wasn't much between the two sides. A draw perhaps might have been a fair result. I didn't think we were much better than Cambridge United. I didn't think Cambridge United were very good. I think it was some, again, uh, once again, some bizarre decisions by McCann. Uh, Johnson Clark Harris got injured quite badly early on and he left him on. I couldn't believe that decision when you have Jack Marriott sitting on the bench to leave Clark Harris on the on on the on the pitch when he was clearly not fit to be on the pitch was a bizarre decision for me. And I feel there wasn't much between the two teams. I think we've played poor sides over the last month, very poor sides. And and while we perhaps have edged every single game, some of that I mean, I think Cambridge were probably the best side we've played in the last month and a half. I honestly do. Um and they weren't that great, Cambridge. That's not beat around the bush, but if they hadn't scored an own goal, which I know you're particularly pleased about, Tim, because you've been ranting on about um, their player being player of the month and 10,000 people voted for him. Um, 
but I, if he hadn't scored that own goal, there wouldn't have been, you know, it would have been a draw sort of thing. So we edged it, but no more than that. And I think, I think we've been at best average in the last month against very poor sides, which is why we've beaten those poor sides because we've, we've not been great. That's for certain. And I think McCann has made bizarre decisions, bizarre decisions over the last month about when to put, um, substitutions on and and it does not bode well going forward and I have to I did listen to the last pod and normally I don't because I like to hear the sound of my own voice and if I'm not on it I don't like to listen but everyone was upbeat and I couldn't understand why I thought I've I've been seeing seeing very average football against piss poor sides let's not beat around the bush and and when we when we play the Sheffields of this world going forward we will lose we know, don't we, McCann's plan A is 4-3-3. That's what he always wanted to play at the start of the season. And and he was he was doing it with the wrong players because we had Joe Ward, who's a self-confessed on social media, not a right back, and Harrison Burrows, who is definitely not a left back. And I'm thinking of that um, that short video of Barry from EastEnders singing, I'm going to do it anyway, when every posh fan was thinking, don't play Harrison Burrows at left back. And, and he still was because he was wanting that 4-3-3, which is therefore, plan A. Therefore, I'm saying what I'm saying about McCann, i.e. he's made mistakes. That but he, then he went, yeah, and then he went, and then the plan A is that back three that he went to and went to the 3-4-1-2 and Marriott did get in the team alongside Clark Harris. And then now we've had Butler back and Thompson, you know, in, in more form at right back, gone back to that 4-3-3. Um, and, and you were right, Kisby, that's obviously why Marriott can't get in the team, because the 4-3-3 is the preferred formation, and that would mean sticking Marriott out wide. These are the games that we're going to come to expect now. We all think we uh, we didn't enjoy last year, and, oh, this year's going to get so much worse. Yeah, and it's, it's started to cause a little bit of a posh meltdown, Jared, which we're used to. Uh, I noticed a couple of comments yesterday. Um, you know me, I'm, I'm pessimistic. I jump straight on negativity, but I think we're getting a little bit carried away. And I saw you like a couple of comments along that line, basically saying, look, let's just like chill with fourth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm amazed with fourth, but um, it's a little bit too early to be, you know, calling for wholesale changes. I just, I've said it from the start of the season, I do not like the way we're set up. I just, I don't like it. I feel like there's, there has to be a better system to accommodate our better players, i.e. getting Clark Harris and Marriott in the team. I know you have to sacrifice, again, someone in midfield, but I think it's what needs to happen. Yeah, so I've been giving this some thought this afternoon because there's been a lot of talk since, well, not just the Bristol Rovers game, but the Exeter game as well about how we're setting up and particularly some comments that were made by McCann in terms of he he wants to play his 4-3-3. Emerald Posh summed it up quite nicely on Twitter. Uh, McCann's had one transfer window. His plan B was 3-5-2. He had to play the 3-5-2 because of Butler's injury and everyone moaned. Now he's gone to plan A and people are moaning. He's forced to stick with the 4-3-3 because of Ward's injury. McCann gets the blame despite the poor window. I don't necessarily agree with the last sentence. However, it's this 3-5-2 versus 4-3-3 and the fact that McCann seems a little bit too stubborn to want to change that, Dan. is is he? He's obviously got an idea in his head of how he wants this team to set up and how he believes is the, the best team. But his idea is that 4-3-3, which means we can't do what Jared said there in terms of having Marriott and JCH, which on paper seems like that would make us weaker, no? There's, there's something missing, and I don't know what it is. I'm sure as hell that Grant McCann doesn't know what it is. 
you, you, you take that squad on paper and where do you strengthen? We've got good quality centre-backs with experience. We've got a sound keeper. We've got a fairly decent midfield for the level and our strike force for this level is fantastic. We've got championship strikers in League One and how we still have them is unbelievable. And yet one of them on, is on the bench and doesn't start and... Grant McCann can get all the blame that he wants, but it's it's well known that the owners have everything to do with the transfers and it's nothing to do with the manager. So the only stick that can go Grant's way is on the pitch. And at the moment, we're not performing. He deserves all the stick that he's getting. However, to get Marriott and Clark Harris in the same team, you have to make a sacrifice somewhere. I don't think you can sacrifice Fuchs or Taylor, so you have to lose uh, Burrows, maybe bring him on as an impact sub, or if you need to change something during the game, I don't know. But if you have Marriott and Clark Harris up front together, Marriott can easily sit back as more of a sort of a deep line forward and support Clark Harris. That fills that number 10 area because Taylor would push forward as well. I think that's worth a punt. I don't know about you guys, but that way, Jared, you're getting your two strikers into the team. You've still got the width and you've got the support behind them, which he wants with the, the left and right back. Yeah, I'd play something very similar. Um, I think a straight 4-4-2 would work as well. Um, no, there's no room for 4-4-2 in 2022, Jared. You know that. Just because you play football manager. <laughs> why, why wouldn't it work? Yeah, well, yours is just pushing the wingers up, isn't it? So it's... It's very, very similar. I mean, it's obviously yeah, but it gets those two strikers in because I think most of the fan base see that Marriott and Clark Harris need to be starting. I know you're Marriott's, you know, number one fan. He's got to be starting, but so does Johnson. Yeah, but I, I just think it's I think it's massively overcomplicated. You can have two strikers up front in League One Championship. No, it's suicide. But in League One, the, everyone's shit. Most of the clubs are crap. Why can't we have two strikers up front? You you, you can get away with it especially when you've got midfield battlers like Fuchs um, and then that bit of class next to him, whether that's Taylor or Burrows. Um, and then you can have the wingers. You have Mason Clark. I think he'd do a job on the wing, uh, cutting in. Uh, you've got Ricky J. Jones as well. Definitely Joe Ward, when he's fit and firing, I'd have him on the right wing with a flat back four. I just think you could overcomplicate things, which I think we've done in recent weeks. And I think that, that falls on the can. Um, and then changing formations as you get in the lead or when you want to, the, the last 10 minutes, it's just bollocks. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm no football manager. That's why Grant McCann's won the league titles. He knows a lot more than me. But I just feel like at times, um, football managers can be guilty of overcomplicating things. I think we're all missing the point here. And we're going to circle around to it eventually. It's going to come up. There's a very simple fix to the problem with the formation. And I'm going to get crucified for this on Twitter. It's diamond. the return of the diamond. For fuck's sake. But the problem you've got, Dan, is, is we've got these amazingly talented striker, um, wingers, sorry, Ricky J. Jones, Poku, Mason Clark, Ward. Where do you fit them into a diamond? You don't. Simple as Ricky J. Jones. I love Ricky J. Jones. I, I'm his biggest fan. Everyone knows that. But if he doesn't fit in the in the formation, he doesn't fit. Unlucky son. Same with Ward. We don't... I mean, Ward's not played for bloody months, has he? And... I was going to say we're not missing him, but bloody hell we are. What takeaway is it tonight, Dan? It's it's a grenade bar. Oh, I didn't think Tim was coming it. back to me that quick, so I took a bite. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I have, uh, I've just eaten a pizza, so I think I win. Nice. I, I had pasta. Very depressing. I had a Caesar salad. Dan, are you McCann out? I, I, at this point, I think I am. We're fourth in the league, and it's a stupid thing to say, but I, 
I don't see where he's taking us. Like, even when we win, we look terrible. And I don't think he has a plan. I think he's just putting players on the pitch and say, have at it. I do agree with what Dan says, though. We don't... Normally, especially in League One, you go to London Road and say teams like, I don't know, Quinton Stanley, I know we, we did beat them, but we only just beat them. Do you see what I mean? And we, we played shit. Um, so yeah, I fully understand what he's saying, but am I McCann out? No, I just don't think he's found the right system yet. But like you said earlier, Tim, he needs to try it, give it a go, try the systems and don't be so stubborn and, you know, insisting on his two, um, his two systems that he, they're the only ones he'll use. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I echo that. I'm, I'm very much still McCannion and you know me, I'm very quick to call for manager's head. Uh, here's December, Barnsley at home, Ipswich away, Shrewsbury at home in the league, Charlton away, MK Dons at home. But tough month coming up, haven't we? I can't help but think we might look back at these last six weeks and think that we should have picked up more points. In any case, here's a question for you from Dave F, who says to all of us, where do you think Posh will be at 5pm on Boxing Day? Some tough games coming up. I reckon we'll be outside the top six and automatic promotion places realistically no longer a possibility. Hope I'm wrong, though, as I like Grant McCann and think he's a decent manager. So, Dan, Boxing Day. You've had your turkey. Where are Posh sitting? Eighth. 16 points off second. Yeah, no, similar to Dan, I would put us at seventh. Looking at the fixtures, there's some really tough ones there and I can see... Yeah, I was dropping a few points. So I think it'll get worse before it gets better. So yeah, I would say seventh. I'm feeling quite smug because despite being called out, as you so quaintly put it, um, I'm going to call out the callees because I was right, 100%, wasn't I? When we were winning, I said we won't continue to win as soon as we come up against um, a decent side. And we sort of came up against a half-decent Exeter side that's probably sort of just below the playoff positions or high mid-table sort of team. And we 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 played poorly against them and we played poorly ever since. And we haven't got um, the points. We've played poorly in the Cups as well. And um, for the first time, I've always said that the most we can do is finish fourth. I've always said that all through the season. Um Part of me thinks we'll still sneak into the playoffs. Part of me thinks we're still good enough for that. And for the first time this season, I'm beginning to think that seventh or even eighth, probably no lower, is a realistic possibility. Um, If we do sneak into the playoffs, we will not go up through the playoffs. No chance in hell. And the biggest disappointment for me this season, because I was really looking forward to it, is we're not as competitive as I thought we'd be. I thought we would be a better side. So you say you say you feel smug because uh, you called this season. Imagine how smug you'd feel, Jared, if you called the ownership out while we were winning two, three seasons ago. I'm pretty sure it was. I got berated on Twitter for foreseeing this very same problem. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think it's all about timing. I mean, when you said that back then, um, you know, I completely opposed everything you said, didn't I? Um, fast forward a few years, I I have finally reached a point where I like it's, it's difficult because I like Darren McCartney a lot, a lot of time for him. Um, I like Jason, um, and you know, I met Randy a couple of times and I really like him too. I think, don't think it's working as a trio, I think that's clear now. Um, Dara, I feel like he's he served his time with Posh. Listen, if Dara was still here in 10 years, I'd be more than happy. But 
I feel like he almost deserves another challenge now. He, he, he's done all he can with Posh. He's got, you know, he, he's took us to the championship. He's kept us there for, you know, a season or two. Um, and, and he has done brilliant. He's given us the best times, or well, my best times as a Posh fan, without a shadow of a doubt. Stuart and Jason have come in with good good intentions. I think it's clear to see that there is issues between them two. I don't, all this nonsense of denying it, it's very clear there's there's a problem between them two, which obviously they've got, I believe they've got other business interests uh, together. But yeah, I want to look ahead now and, you know, uh, is our current ownership the ownership to take us forward in the next 10 years? No. On the field, we haven't progressed for 10 years. I would I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that's that, that's fair on Darek Kisby. I do think he cares beyond it being a business. I think he genuinely he's a football in man. I don't know. He genuinely does I don't enjoy. Know. I, I, I just think I just think he cares. Yes, but no more than he cares about the business side of it. And I think I think mm, well, I'm not I'm not criticising him for it. And I think he's I think all of them. We've been critical of all of them at times, and I think they've been man enough to accept the criticism. They've come on here, and we've not necessarily always agreed with everything we've done. We've been quite outspoken about it, and I think they've been big enough to take that criticism. They may not agree with it, but that they, they were big enough to take it. I think, and I, I, I just think that they're all businessmen. That's all I'm saying. That that there, there has to be a business case to continue to go, and I think perhaps there isn't so much. You know, I've said what my piece on it. I don't agree to the extent you and Kisby are, are going on regarding the ownership. I think it's far too harsh. I, I don't think I've been harsh there. I'm saying that all three of them care about the club. Certainly, the two that I, you know, I know they they've, they do care. Yeah, but about to say we've not, you know, the, the ten year comment, Kisby, I think is ludicrous. We've um, you've had brilliant times in the last ten years, generated highest ever transfer fees. I know that's have not. We, have a, we progressed as a football team on the pitch in the last ten years? No, we haven't. You can't say we have. I'm not going to let you sit there. Yeah, but own, ownership, no, Kisby, ownership, no, no, listen, no, ownership not, is not all like Sunderland that have gone up into the championship. Fifty-two thousand people who go to see them. I'm not, I'm we not have. Here. I'm not Listen, arguing why they've... We haven't got 52,000. you can't 000. deny that, Jared. You cannot deny it. I'm not arguing about why. Do not compare us to Sunderland Football Club, a proper football club with a proper fan not, base. Do I'm not saying compare that's not us to that. For fuck's sake, stop putting words in my lap. My you said it yourself. Is, no, no. Listen to it. Use your ears, Jared. You're doing a U-turn, Kisby. That's I'm very saying, unlike you. I'm saying other I teams... I never mentioned Sunderland. Other teams have progressed, Right. Let's not even yes. name those. So have we. we. So have we. Have not. Yes, we are stuck we in League One. Right. Looking so like ownership. we're not going to go ownership. anywhere. Owners not do not play. Owners do not play football on the pitch, do they? Yes, they're in charge of everything. My point is: have has the football club progressed in the last ten years? Yes, it has. It's as simple in as that. In some respects, yes, but not on the pitch as a team. We haven't. He's overthinking it. He thinks we're in the championship. For fuck's sake, we're not. We don't need to play like a championship side. In fact, if we do play like a championship side, like he's insisting we do, we're not playing to the, our best ability. We're not playing to our strengths, and we need to play a much simpler type of football, conducive to success in League One, i.e., four-four-two, so we can get fucking two good strikers on the pitch. We might score more than one bloody goal a game, then, mightn't we? And that—that's the reality. Right thinking we're, we're something we're not 
I agree. I think um, I think he is overcomplicating it massively. I agree completely with that comment. To be honest, I still can't get over you've compared us to Sunderland. But anyway, move on. Are you? Are you? Uh, McCann out at this point. Hold, hold on, hold on, Kisby. Are you McCann out at this point? Then Jarrod. I, I know Kisby. You can tell that from there without needing to ask him. But where do you stand on Grand just now? I wouldn't say I'm McCann out. I think um, I'll be honest. I think the whole regime is needs to be looked at. Um, I just think. Do you think there's anything to tell? Sorry, interject. But it, do you think there's anything to to read into the fact that Everton and Davis have gone around the McCann issue? Do you think there's anything in that? No, no, not at all. I think they've they've been offered a, a football league job and they've and they've took it. I think it's. I think people are reading too much into that. And good luck to them. I think they'll do really well as a duo. But um, no, I don't think there's anything in that. I, I just feel like everyone's a bit bereft of ideas. If you like, I think. Everything needs a bit of a, a freshen up. So is that an on the fence way of saying that you're neither McCann in nor out just now? Put your put your balls on the line for a second. If, if you I can't see move. what difference it would make, to be honest with you, Tim, because we'd only go and recruit someone from within. Um, someone from where? Someone from within. Oh right, sorry. Or well, maybe um, Everton or Davis now. Well, who probably not now. No, would have been the the ideal successes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not about McCann for me. Like I say. I think the whole regime needs shaking up. So make that of what you will. So Kisby, you're I'm I'm guessing Grant out based on that. Taking Jared's point then, who who you always said to me last year, well, who do you bring in? Bring the Sunderland manager. They've got no fans and they'll win the league. <laughs> uh John, it's um I mean you've probably appreciated having the World Cup to distract you because it's not a great time to be a posh fan at the minute. We've sunk out of uh, the playoffs with the, the match cancelled this weekend. Um, ownerships, who knows what's happening there? There's all sorts of rumours. One thing we do know is that DMAC is staying now. And let's be honest, we all knew that that was going to happen, but he's confirmed that he is staying. Uh, what What's your thoughts on uh, the club just now? Yeah, I think you kind of summed it up. It's It, it feels, it's felt strange having the World Cup on because it's almost felt like, I don't know, there's been a distraction and everything's felt disengaged and then there's been a lot of cup games and there's just been no momentum in the league with results anyway. So it's almost like, I don't know, I haven't felt half as engaged with Posh recently as I was even at the start of the season or last season or or anything. And I don't know if that's the World Cup distraction or just the fact that results have been poor and performances have been poor as well. There's not really, even when... You know, when we were winning games at the start of the season and when we've been going on runs, it, it still felt like we were playing almost in third gear. It doesn't feel like we've ever really hit top gear yet in League One. And we were picking up some big big results and big wins and scoring fairly regularly. But I don't think it's been a particularly entertaining season. I've, I'm not sitting around thinking, oh, great, I get to watch Peterborough on a Saturday again. I can't wait for this. Um, and yeah, all the off-field stuff, I don't really know if that's added to it. But it's just been a really disappointing season so far it's been very streaky um and it just it just feels like we haven't got any momentum from anywhere at the minute really does it no and if i'm honest it feels like we're we're heading in one direction and probably not the direction that we like but for me as a lifelong supporter a lifelong fan i'm now sitting here thinking we need a massive change we don't just need to change the manager that's tinkering that's not going to do a lot of good or make much difference i think i think we need some real passionate owners with money to try and change what we have become which is 
a good League One side. And that's probably all we've really ever been, I think, in, in, in the last few years. So I think it's worth rolling the dice now and really, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I will hold my hand up and say we've had some great, great, great times over the last sort of 15 odd years, brilliant times. But maybe it is now time to say, look, it's not just one or two players we need to get rid of. It's not just a manager we need to get rid of. It's a real rethink, I think. And that's that's where I am. Thoughts on the calendar year, John? It's been a, well, a typical posh fashion. It's been a roller coaster. Well, I don't even know if I can describe it as a roller coaster. It's all been downhill. It's, down. <laughs> it's been pretty depressing. I mean... I think there was some upshoots of recovery when McCann came in towards, when was it, February time in the championship. I thought we were slightly better, but kind of like Kisby said, we never really looked like staying up for that entire season. Um, the writing was almost on the wall since about, you know, October. So uh, it's been it's been frustrating. And then this year's just not got going, as we've kind of mentioned. So, yeah, it's not, it's certainly not been the most enjoyable year to be a posh fan. I don't know how many wins we've got, but it, I don't think it'll be very many. No, it's almost a shame we've not got uh, Mr. Edwards on. He, he likes a good fact. He'd, he'd have that lined up for us. Uh, massive thank you though, to everyone for listening this year. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and rate the pod on both Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. Join us in four weeks' time then, as it's New Year's Day in a fortnight. So four weeks' time. Who knows what will change in that time? Maybe we'll have new managers, new owners, new podcast hosts. We can hope but for a few of them. And from everybody at the Yellow Block, Merry Christmas. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.